Welcome back to Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers. LA is riding a three-game winning streak into Baltimore for week 14 with the conductor. Oh, I just love that. Kobe uh, Turner joining yeah, us. I just DeMarco love Farr. What a great sack And Maurice Jones-Drew. What a way to finish last week's game. Two defensive tackles pushing Flacco out the back of the end zone. Oh, the sack. I thought she meant the skip down the sidelines, which was awesome. That's for you to take. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what football does. See? Two grown men skipping, having a great time in victory. That's just fun. But yeah, great sack. Great way to end that football game. Awesome. Something different about MJD. Have you noticed? What? Let's see. He's, well, first uh, of all, he definitely took his son's shoes. Again? Yeah. He did, didn't I took you? Those are again. deuces. Yeah, these are deuces, but I took them for sure. You stole your son's It's, it's not stealing. I'm, as I'm leaving out the house, I just slide my feet in whatever's there at the door, and these have been there. That's that's technically stealing. That's but I was I, referring yeah. more to his haircut, and I can only assume that he wanted to look fresh today because we are collectively coming off a record-setting episode of Between the Horns. What do you mean? Our highest rated ever. And some people are saying... It was the Toyota patio at SoFi Stadium that did it. Some would say the Rams' success. It was one of our longest episodes, and people have been clamoring for like a second half to the show each week. No way. A wrap-up show. I like it. Yeah, let's go long again. Why not? I'm all for it, man. I I thought it was great conversation last week, and I thought we really broke down the game well. And then on top of that, who would have thought John Johnson gets a pick and then gets like mushed by a lineman after he gets the pick that a guy he played with? Crazy. Which was pretty awesome. Crazy, yeah. But between now and a trip to Baltimore, you have business to take care of, I, I hear. Yeah, yeah we've got a state title to win. You know, Dallas Dale hasn't yeah, won one since 2015. Uh, so we got a big one against Mission Viejo uh, at Saddleback College in, in Orange or Mission wow. or one, one of those places down that. It's all the same down there. As you're getting down I-5, you know, yeah. the bus is heading down now as we're doing this, as we're recording this. I flew down, and I'll meet him later on tonight. Well, you got Good your luck. speech ready? Your oh, pregame I speech? I just talked to no? my quarterback. You know what we say? It's what? Like, don't mess this up. It's like, we're good. Don't mess it up. See, Maurice, I love it. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> All right. Well, the Rams are six and six. Winners of three and three in a row. The Ravens are nine and three. And like four different opponents this year, they'll be coming off their bye. Right? Pittsburgh was coming off a bye. Dallas off a bye. Now Baltimore and Washington next week too. Uh, so they're healthy, but the Rams actually came out pretty well from that win over Cleveland. Who would have thought that Puka Nakua Ooh. played that second half? It's an AC sprain in his shoulder we yeah. hear, but he's going to be good to go this week. Man, look, uh, Puka is phenomenal, man. Um, watching them play has been a lot of fun. I mean, watching Cooper Cup, the rise of Cooper Cup was fun, but just the way Puka plays the game and I just... He's, he's fun to watch. And when he came back in the game, talk about a guy with a sense of drama. Like you thought, like even Sean McVay said, I thought the guy was dead. And then he showed up and came back out and played. So, And he's tremendous when he's out there. So, yeah, watching Puka Nakua and doing what he's doing, and there's more to come from him. It's just been special to watch. It's been a whole lot of fun. Tyler Higby is another one to watch. He had that shoulder stinger issue. And then Quentin Lake still battling back from his hamstring. If the report from Baltimore about the weather forecast is true, that's a tough game to come back from a hamstring against, slipping and sliding around a natural grass surface. But he could be a factor if he is able to go. I think the biggest thing is making sure the cleats are right. And the the cleats kind of, those seven studs, they make your hamstrings pull a little bit more because it's sticking in the ground and you're pulling a little bit. I remember having a hamstring injury. Uh, and then having to wear seven studs the next week, and it, it's you got to make sure you're ready to go, right? I didn't have to play DB, so I have to turn and run as much. But being able to have those set, they grab a little bit more than those normal cleats, and 
Man, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to wear those. You're gonna have to be ready to have those on. Everybody, come it was interesting to hear. Go ahead. Uh, am I wrong? Would you rather have a high ankle sprain or a hamstring? Hamstrings seem like they just bug you for uh, the rest of the year. Neither, 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 neither. Yeah. But if you had to pick, right? Ham, hammies just don't go away, kind of. But I can control as a running back. I can control my hammy because I don't have to. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going as fast. DB, right. you can't control it. It depends on what the guy you're going yeah. with, right? So <laughs> that hamstring could yeah, lock up on you quickly. I was interested to hear Sean McVay refer to the Green Bay trip this week in anticipation of rainy, windy conditions in Baltimore and basically can see that they they weren't as prepared as they could have been or didn't pivot quickly enough as that rain started to come down in Green, Green Bay. Hopefully they learn from that and will be this week against the Ravens. As for the, uh, the quarterback who will have to spin it, Matthew Stafford with plenty of experience in foul weather games. You can't simulate those conditions here. You have to go see what the conditions are and then go play accordingly in my opinion. Yeah. Right? Like you can squirt the ball, water, the ball with water and then Inevitably in a game, you're going to get some snaps where you're like, oh, ball's pretty dry. I can throw it here. And other times you're going to get it and you're like, eh, I can't. You know? I just kind of got to go play each play as, it, as its own. And you can't expect for it to be perfect every single time. But you do get a good grip on it every once in a while. Try to put it in a good spot. And if not, then, you know, figure out a way to get around it. But um, it's more philosophical than, uh, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, how do you want to go play the game? How are they going to play the game? How are we going to play the game? Find a way to win it because it's – you can practice all you want, but it's not going to replicate exactly, you know, sideways rain out there. And then that leads me to the uh, the other change since we last spoke, and that is at the place-kicking position. Veteran Mason Crosby signed to the practice squad this week with the anticipation that he could be bumped up to make his Rams debut at Baltimore. Your reaction? Uh, let's see. Would you rather have young, strong-legged, you're not sure where it's going, or kind of older and accurate? Depending on what type of team you have, so right? You have to watch how you say older, because me and Mason Crosby went on the Colorado visit together out of high school. <laughs> and uh, so I don't think I'm old. I don't think he's old. Well, technically, I'm just saying. He's older, yeah, but not old. Well, this sort of team, I mean, I a guy that is not afraid of the moment, a guy who's been through this before, a guy who can kick definitely outdoors that's the guy you want to take to baltimore i've been in this situation uh 2007 we had john carney come in he was much he was like 40 right 42 and we knew once you got to the 30 he was it was money Mm -hmm. so you know you have a you have a there's a target place everything else was four down territory if we got past the 50 it's four down territory until we got to the 30 if we had to kick a field goal and it kind of it makes it easier for the play caller makes it easier for the team because we know look if he's great at 45 we got to get to whatever the yard line like that's where that's where we'll start kicking field goals Mm -hmm. other than that it's four down territory and helps you kind of get in more rhythm I like what I saw out of Lucas Haversick in terms of the way the ball jumps off his laces, the height of his kicks, the length of it. But I think this move makes sense in two respects. One, the Rams are playing for different stakes now than maybe they were a month ago. And so to have someone who can make those kicks that you expect to make, great. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to finish with games on a natural grass surface at Baltimore in bad conditions. They're going to have to play outdoors at the Meadowlands and then finish at San Francisco, Levi's, who knows what January will bring. I think it makes sense to have Mason Crosby, who, okay, he's Maurice Jones-Drew's age, but there isn't a surface on this planet he can't kick from. True at all. He's used to the frozen tundra, so he gives you a little bit of that, and hopefully Lucas can hang around, either be back this season or certainly someone that you want with you for next offseason program, I think, as a kicker of the future. So, If you got to line up for a 60-plus to win it, I might ask Ethan Evans. Just tell him it's a kickoff. Right? Yeah. 
Just yeah. go ahead and bang it down there. Yeah. He see kissed what you can one do. off the crossbar last week, didn't he? <laughs> you should get points for that, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. So winners are three in a row, six and six. The Rams are very much back in this thing. Uh, the playoff picture is where we should go next. And let's start with their remaining schedule. I see it as like a Super Bowl sandwich. Mm-hmm. You got Baltimore on the front end, San Francisco on the back end. Those could very well be the Super Bowl participants. And then in between three opponents that the Rams measure up well against, how many of those do you need to win? Three might get you there. Four should absolutely do it. And five, nothing to worry about. Man, that's a that's stale bread in between, right? That's a hard bite. You got Baltimore and San Francisco to finish up. But you got to get this one. I mean, this is going to be hard. So you've had, what, three cracks at the AFC North, and you're one and two. Two you let get away. You finally get over the hump. You beat, you beat Cleveland. And now you're about to face the best of the best. And not only that division – possibly the NFL or the AFC. So it's going to be hard. But here's the thing. I think what we saw coming from Arizona, it was the right opponent. And then what we saw versus Cleveland, how this team is starting to click, you're getting on a roll. I think you're getting ready to play your best game coming up. And it coincides with playing your best opponent in the last month or so since Dallas. So uh, let's see. I know they're coming off a bye. They're going to be fresh. But I think you can negate that by how you're playing on both sides of the football right now. It's interesting. You compare it to the North, which is mm-hmm. fair. I kind of look at those those mountaintop opportunities so far this season. Played well against San Francisco, couldn't get it done. Played well against Philadelphia, couldn't get it done. Weren't ready for primetime in Dallas. Here's one, and then Week 18 at San Francisco. Those mm-hmm. are kind of the five games against teams that could be the last standing and if you want to be in that playoff picture, you got to get one of them, maybe, if not both. Yeah, I think I think it's it's a test, and, and it's a different challenge than what Cleveland was. Cleveland has a they have a depth issue right now, right? Because they have all these the two different quarterback guys hurt all over the place, whatever it may be. Uh, Baltimore is more of a will test. It's going to test your will. They're going to test your will. Like they're they're going to run the ball at you defensively. Lamar's going to throw the ball. He is not running as much as he used to last time they came to L.A. Um, but defensively, they're going to throw so many different things at you, right? And a lot of it's not talked about is uh, Hamilton, their safety from Notre Dame, who's making big splash plays. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times he's blitzing off the edges. They're going to attack your protections. They're going to do some different things. So, yes, running the football is going to be, like, uh, vital. But when you are throwing the ball, understanding who the guys that you have to block and getting them blocked immediately, not allowing those guys to run all around because they cause chaos. Uh, Baltimore does. They cause chaos defensively. So to me, if you can handle that chaos, right, in there, in the rain, in Baltimore, across the country, all those different things, it sets you up to be a little bit more confident as you go into the playoffs. And I think that's what we're seeing the Rams right now is they're building confidence. Right, you you beat Cleveland, mm-hmm. you 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 beat all these teams on a three game streak. You're running, your things are going well. You beat Arizona, you're confident. Now we're going to test your confidence and your will in this next one, and we're going to figure out if if you guys are really who you want to be. It's all going to happen really quickly too, because you make this trip, you got three games in twelve days. Come home to Washington, then have the quick turnaround for Thursday night mm-hmm. football against New Orleans. It's going to be Christmas. It's going to be week. 16 before we know it and the Rams are gonna have a lot of clarity with what they have to do to play beyond San Francisco oh this is gonna be good like everything you've gone through when you were three games below 500 to, to fight your way back up to 500 and just how you feel about yourself and you mentioned confidence I mean I mean how how sky high are you when you've just won three and they want three in a row in the National Football League you think you can beat just about anybody yeah. everything the coach says if he we need to do X Y and Z to win this football game and you hit everything on the on the checklist you're going to feel like you can beat just about anybody. You're going to need that going down to Baltimore, who feels the exact same way. 
So best team win on game day. All right, let's look at the company they're keeping right now. The group of six and six in the NFC picture, they started the Seahawks free fall. We'll see if it continues against the San Francisco 49ers this week. But then Green Bay is there and Minnesota is there. And I probably had that one wrong. I thought the Vikings with Dobbs were going to go on a run and maybe get out of reach. But now that I see them lose on Monday Night Football to Chicago with their remaining schedule compared to Green Bay, who has the head-to-head over the Rams and a very favorable five-game finish... I think it's Minnesota you got to track down. What about you? Yeah, I, I think Green Bay, not, a, not a about the head-to-head. I, I feel like that was the Rams game was our Arizona game, mm-hmm. right, for them. Like, they beat us, and then they started playing better and better right. and better and better, where Minnesota still, they don't know what they're doing, right? Dobbs is, like, trying to figure out still stuff. Now, they're going to get Justin Jefferson back, uh, and I think you're exactly right. You're going to try to chase them down. But uh, to me, it's you have to, when you're in that chase mode, you can't look too far ahead, mm. right? You can't look to see who they're playing and what they're doing. You well, I can. Make, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can. Rams locker room shouldn't be looking no, at it, but I'm Baltimore. looking at it being like, okay, <laughs> at Las Vegas, at Cincinnati, right. two against Detroit and Green Bay. Yeah, that, yeah. If you can outperform Minnesota from this point forward, I think you're, you're probably – I think you're good to yeah, go. I do too. Um, all right, let's go back to Cleveland before we take a look at the uh, Baltimore Ravens. It's not Joe Flacco this week. Mm. It's not 50% Miles Garrett this week. I get that. But what played from Sunday at SoFi – going into Baltimore this week. Well, hopefully the running game. Hopefully the way that the Rams offensive line took care of the Cleveland defensive line. And and pass rush, pass protection as well. I mean, Matthew Stafford was largely, you know, unhit, untested. Mm -hmm. I mean, when they did get pressure, he scrambled out. So I thought they did a fantastic job. And I thought the reason for that was because you were controlling the line of scrimmage. Now, Cleveland is one thing. But you have to give them credit. They are built similar to what you're about to see in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So to me, this was the excellent sparring partner to get you ready for Baltimore. But I hope the running game travels. Kyron Williams coming back has changed this offense again. And maybe, who knows, do you think there is a pro bowler on this offensive line? Yeah. If you can beat Baltimore, go to 7-6, and six, put yourself firmly in the hunt. I mean, this is when, and you have to start figuring out why. And then you start looking at these numbers, Matthew Stafford not getting hit. You have one of the better running games in the National Football League. I wonder, can you pull someone out of this offensive line into Pro Bowl consideration? And who would it be? Dotson, maybe? The way he's blocking, the way he's changed everything? Yeah, I think the Pro Bowl is a little bit more about bigger names yeah. than it would be. But play-wise, yes. I think you could get uh, Dotson. You probably could get uh, Alaric Jackson, who's done a great job at left tackle. I mean, the only time we talked about Miles Garrett is when his helmet was stuck to his face mask. Yeah. Right? Like, there's not many guys that can do that. If you go back and watch what, Cle- what Miles Garrett did to Baltimore, he was harass- yeah. harassing Lamar Jackson. To me, though, the one thing I will take is defensively, it was the leverage they played. They didn't They didn't lose to their leverage. So many times we'll see DBs have outside leverage and let a guy run a corner and break out, right? Like, that pick on John Johnson, I, and I wanted to kind of describe it a little bit, but... I was talking too much, so... No, no, you weren't talking. It was You were excited, and I was, I was ready to go, and they were. They got on the ball, they got rolling, but Fuller is the reason that pick happened, because Joe Flacco wanted to throw the ball to the guy Fuller was covering, but Fuller jumped outside because he had outside leverage in cover three. Mm-hmm. It made Joe Flacco hold the ball and takes a little longer, and then try to throw a Hail Mary down the field, and guess what? You have DK outside, and you have John Johnson inside, and they had like a funnel on whoever the receiver was running down the field, and then Joe throws it inside, John Johnson picks it off no matter where he threw it. It was a that's the kind of defense you have to have when you're playing the Baltimore Ravens because you want to funnel everything to people. You got to force Lamar to be 
like insanely accurate, mm-hmm. right? Where he's putting the ball between tight windows, right? When you do that and you make him go to a second and third read, which he's done a really good job at this year, he still tends to let the ball sail, though. And mm-hmm. it kind of flutters a little bit when he has to, if it's not the first read guy, if it's not a quick slant to Odell or a quick uh, drive route to Zay Flowers. If he has a pump and hold and throw to someone else, the ball sails. So defensively, I thought the secondary did a great job in the second half of really playing to their leverage and not allowing Joe Flacco those easy throws they were giving to Mari Cooper early on. I think it's easy to see where the Browns were shorthanded or deficient in some areas. I don't see that from Baltimore anywhere. Like I look at their two deep, I look at the way they're playing, I look at their metrics. They look complete to me. Other than Mark Andrews being on the shelf at tight end, they're all pro tight end. Where's their weakness? Uh, I don't see one. Uh, maybe offensive line, they've been a little banged up there. Lamar's been a little banged up, but that is the downside to playing that style of ball. And it's tough and physical, and I love it. I love the way Lamar Jackson plays uh, football. If I was an offensive coordinator, that's the type of offense I want to run because I know what it does to a defense. Yeah. But the downside of it is you're getting beat up. Sometimes you're not going to be yourself. You're going to be a little bit slow. So if that's a weakness, then that might be it. You may be banged up there, but the way they're playing – and then they're, they're going to have the week off. The way they execute, look, you can't make mistakes. Even if you play it right, he could be by you. And on defense, if you make one mistake in pass protection, you go the wrong way, step the wrong way, not only is, is the guy going to get home, he's going to get home fast and hit your quarterback. So this is going to be, like you said, you're going to have to be on your P's and Q's. The mistakes you got away with versus Cleveland, you're not going to get away with versus Baltimore. And so I'll, that's where you call that like a sparring match. This is the heavyweight fight. This is it. Yeah, this guy is coming. There's no headgear. This guy's coming for it, a knockout. It's funny yeah. because Todd Munkin was with me in Jacksonville as our receiver coach and they run a very similar offense that we ran with David Garrard. Not as much as the quarterback run play, but a lot of crossing routes, right? A lot of things that layer the defense to get the ball quickly out of his hands. I think the biggest thing, defense. well, the first thing is offense. If you want to kind of help your defense out, you got to go down and score points, right? You got to go down and put points on the board early to force them to kind of get out of things, especially when you're on the road. We all know when you're on the road and you score early, the, the boo birds start raining down quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa! And then it kind of starts to create a little pressure. Um, the thing with Lamar Jackson is if you could eliminate the in the red zone those quarterback run plays that we've seen, uh. oh my goodness. If you <laughs> can eliminate those and force them to have to be traditional offense, you'll have a chance. Uh, you talked about being a, a, a deep team one and twos. Imagine they have like 15 guys on IR, though. They still have a lot of dudes that are hurt. And, and running backs and different. So they've done a great job of really acquiring talent overall and getting guys playing. Um, to me, though, I still think there, there's ways that you can, if you're the Rams, not about them, it's about you. If you go out there and execute and play, yeah. you can go. I don't think they have a guy that can stop Aaron Donald, but I also know that they're going to try to put 600 pounds on Aaron Donald as much as they can, double-team him, get him on out of there. So it's going to be some things. <laughs> and I, and I think that's the, that's, the, that's the key. We talked about this last week. Like, Kobe Turner playing the way he's playing mm-hmm. has been huge. Finally. Yeah. Somebody is taking advantage of the attention Aaron has seen. Well, Finally. somebody on the inside. Right. Remember, the outside guys are still like Byron Young still setting an edge and doing the, the physical oh things. God. Like, those are you're, – you're, we're, we're more equipped – I say we, this is the Rams, we're more equipped to handle these bigger style run teams than we have been in the past. Like a 300-pound edge, you don't see that as much, right? You know, Byron Young doing what he's doing, mm-hmm. you don't see that as much, right? Your linebackers are filling hidden holes. It's just a different mentality that we've seen of the Rams' defense in the last couple of years. I like that. I mean, so much of my focus is, oh, these Ravens are built different than the last time we went there when their secondary was decimated. Right. It was Huntley, not Lamar, right? And this time around, they look well-stocked. Um, but the Rams are built differently, too. This is a different complexion uh, to this roster than 
the Super Bowl year when they went and got a crucial victory in Week 17. Like I, I don't know that the confetti ever falls at SoFi Stadium if they don't win that game, right? It's the four. Was it was it a was it a fourth down play? Fourth and five. Odell catches it behind oh, his ear hole yes. to move the chains, and then the touchdown on the next play. Yeah, that was a big. That was. And you're talking about against, and they, we knew they were good then. But you're talking about against a backup quarterback, and it was that was a how dog long fight. were they trailing in that game with the Rams? Most of it, most of the game, yeah. and I mean they were trying to put you out, and you refused to go away, and then you got the you took the lead and won the football game. That was huge. Uh, the the post game celebration in that locker room, you could tell something had changed about this football team because you had done the impossible. You had won there in that style of, of ball game, and how you did it, and who you did it with. Yeah, I, I agree with you, JB. Without that victory, I don't think you get to the Super Bowl, let alone win it. There's a note in here. I'm not sure I can find it, but the Ravens have essentially trailed for the fewest amount of minutes this season. Like, they've had the lead at the end of every third quarter. Mm-hmm. If there is an Achilles heel, it's their fourth quarter, but they've been dominant through the first three and often coasted to victory the rest of the way. Uh, speaking of OBJ, should we hear from our old friend? Yeah. Yes. Now playing for the, uh, the other side. All love between him and Sean McVay this week, as you might expect special bond that I have with those guys over there, Coop, Stafford. Um, you know, I still could hit a little group chat and, you know, talk some trash to him this week and just uh, it's just all love and respect. You know, McVay's been, he kind of was the person who, or the whole situation organization kind of brought me back to loving and having joy for, for football and, and understanding true professionalism and being prepared and um, it was just a great experience for me alongside of, you know, winning the Super Bowl. But uh, just overall, it, it was one of the best things that's happened in my life. And I think that's one of the areas where they're much different than they were a couple of years back when the Rams went there and, and got that 21 victory is they've got more weapons on the perimeter. OBJ, obviously healthy and playing well. And then Zay Flowers, he and Puka Nakua are going to wage a great battle down the stretch for kind of best rookie receiver in the class. Well, you're talking about, I mean, th- this is kind of how they're able to perform without Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. Right. It was so funny. I remember early in the year, they're like, oh, Nelson Aguilar and Rashad Bateman and all these guys. They have five former first round receivers mm-hmm. or guys who are drafted in the first round. I don't care how bad they were with whatever team. <laughs> them dudes got some type of ability and, and you got yeah. speed. And you got different things and different body types. And then all of a sudden your Mark Andrews goes down. And I, I was like, man, like he was such a crucial part. Oh, now they're just going to come out in quads before receiver 10 personnel. Right. Or they have likely that'll step in and make some plays. Mm-hmm. And then they still let's, let's remember they still have a 315 pound fullback that they're going to utilize a tight end as well. Right. So they're equipped to be able to make some plays. But when they can. What's tough on a defense, DeMarco, correct me if I'm wrong, I've always believed this. If I can come out in 10 personnel one play and then switch to 22 personnel and then switch back to 11 and just move all around in all these pieces, you got guys, you got big guys moving on and off the field, running back and forth. Like, it makes it tough. And then they play such a, a physical style of football. They'll be in 10 and still run the ball right at you. Right, and it just it just is kind of a mind game on the defense. But, uh, you know, Odell going there really – amplified what they were what they were trying to do that's why they paid so much for him you know i i hope this is just for for ticket selling purposes that you get darion kendrick on odell in the game at some point wouldn't it see look wouldn't that be fun that'd be worth the price of admission oh my god and i would say dk just go ahead and talk your trash man go ahead is, is, odell, is odell gonna say anything i mean just look you know he's gonna he's gonna celebrate if he makes a catch and you know that's gonna get a reaction out of number one. So that is going to be worth the price of admission. If you're playing against 44, he's just going to shout at you and not say a word. I hope you get number one. I hope you get combustion on combustion and it just goes <laughs> to boom. That's going to be fun to All right, let's go do that. Uh, but I'll say this real quick about personnel grouping. Um, 
I think Raheem Morris and this defense do a great job of matching personnel, and they rarely make a mistake. When they see a personnel group, they shift, they change. There's a lot of moving parts to this defense. But the one thing I do see is teams are starting to trap them in regular. They'll keep the extra linebacker on the field and then take advantage of that guy. Mm -hmm. So that will probably be Baltimore's game plan at some point. Trap Troy Reader out there and then try it to It has been him. an interesting yeah. mix of off-ball linebacker, right? Yeah. Ernest Jones coming off one of his best games. But Roseboom's been out there early, less as Reader's taken over more. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see what that looks like this week. No against doubt. A very multiple offense in Baltimore. Uh, so I was going to take you to keys to victory yeah. there. And uh, no Odell celebrations after touchdowns would be an obvious one. But what else is on your mind to have this chance to upset Baltimore? <sighs> I, I think... I'm not going to say running games. I've said the last couple of weeks. I, even though I should, I feel like I should say running. You're games. running back. Come on, it works. No, I, I think I think the line of scrimmage on both sides is going to be the most important. Whoever wins that, right? Being able to create that two yards off the line of scrimmage, the offensive line in the running game, and also protecting your quarterback. And then defensive line, being able to stop their power running game, uh, to be able to stop their fly sweep. They run the same play. They run very similar plays to the Rams. Uh, be able to stop that fly sweep motion with your with your outside linebacker when he sees that motion come. But then also to harass. Lamar like the line of scrimmage has to be won by the Rams in this type of game it's just like Pittsburgh like it's just AFC North they want to win the line of scrimmage the only way to beat them is you win the line of scrimmage Mm -hmm. period point blank if you do that you'll have success and you'll come home happy Hmm. wow Uh, don't let it come down to the kicking game Really? Either Just, way? Justin Tucker, Mason Crosby? You know Tucker's not going to miss a game winner. He did, though. I, but you, you just know he's not going to miss. means a, he got it out of his system he, already. He, he's not the most accurate kicker anymore. Young Way Koo is. I mean, I'm just telling kicking. you. I'm just saying. But I'm don't just let it come down you. to that. But defensively speaking, this is funny. It's, it's no secret. You're going to have to tackle. Because what they're going to do offensively is spread you out, make you play one-on-one, and tackle Lamar or whoever one-on-one. And you got to make those tackles. And field conditions yeah. will play a part in that. That's going to be a mess. So that's going to be something key. Uh, taking it one step further, somebody on defense has to make plays before Aaron Donald does. Somebody else, Kobe Turner, Michael Hoyt, Right. Byron Young, somebody else in, in quarters Williams. one, two, and three have to kind of dominate those quarters, dominate a drive, dominate a series, what have you. Take Aaron into the fourth where he can win it and be the closer. So somebody, we're going to have to be talking about somebody else going into the fourth quarter before we talk about Aaron. Let me ask you this. Do you see the Rams running their five linemen and then they're then uh, with a nickel and a linebacker more because they have they wanted to keep that line of scrimmage there. It depends on what they roll out offensively. If they give you two tights, you match up. If they give you three, you're going to have to match up. But I don't think you're going to. I saw them it. go to a yeah. six man front last week. A, yeah. lot of, a lot of people didn't recognize that. You're going to. They have went to. to a six man front with four down linemen, two outside linebackers. It was like a six one. I was like, oh okay. Like if you do, but you, you know what? If that leaves you singled up for OBJ, that's the thing. That's what I mean. Do you think you can hold up with those? guys one-on-one for an extended period what do you think we'll see zay yeah. flowers is i think i think the Rams secondary is as is in as good a place as they've been all season yeah. to do just that and Agreed. maybe the weather kind of plays in their favor uh i like tackling that was part of what i wanted mm-hmm. to tap into especially in these conditions and similarly can you make others miss if you're puka if you're cooper cup if you're kyron williams how many yards after first contact can you get um, because I think what it boils down to me is like average yards to go on third down, which is another way of dancing around picking the running game without yeah. saying the running game. But it's like early down efficiency leading to third down. If you're on third and five or more, more times than not, it's going to be a problem in this game because of their defense, because of the weather, all those sorts of things. If you're on third and short, the whole playbook is open to you. You got a chance to extend drives, play four down mode. And then similarly, if Lamar is in third and short or fourth and short, 
tight red zone, that's a problem, right? right? Like they've rushed for over 100 yards more than any team in the National Football League in an active streak. They're tied for the NFL lead in rushing touchdowns. Like there's a reason for all this. You need to be able to somehow get them off of their their timing, their rhythm, their average down and distance, put them in a position they don't want to be in, especially if it's raining sideways. Wow. You ever face two linebackers like this? Smith and Queen? Two guys that can absolutely fly and mean. They don't miss tackles. Yeah, it's funny because uh, I, I faced some really good ones. Um, two? I don't two. think so. I don't think I... Uh, Tell him your edge and alley story. Like oh, this the edge and alley. For, for the Rams the defense. Yeah, for the Rams defense when you're facing Lamar. I mean, your edge and alley guys have to be letter perfect. Your yeah. edge guys have to keep him contained. No question. Keep him turning back towards the middle of the field where you can get shots on him. And your alley guy, you have to keep it tight for the alley guy coming down. If you give Lamar too much space, he's going to make you miss, and away we go, and the game is over. But if you line him up, if you keep him constricted and force him to take shots, you'll slow him down. Yeah, I think uh, the alley player is probably going to be the most important because that's going to be the guy like your safety. That's going to be the guy that has going to be able to lay the either get him to slide early or lay the hammer on Lamar, right? Because yeah. you got, like you said, you got to get him to stop. If you watch a lot of the games that he struggled in. Even the, the Cincinnati game before Joe Burrow gets hurt, Zach Wilson was just all over the place. And it was because that edge guy set and that mm-hmm. alley guy was coming through and Lamar was cutting back, and there goes Zach oh. Wilson right there, right? Yep. And so it's just, again, like I said, it's, it's what they did last week is playing to your leverage, understanding what your leverage is. Mm-hmm. If you have contain, don't let them outside of you, right? It's like little kid football. Don't let him hit the sideline. Right. Because if he hits the sideline, he's gone, right? Like, so... Turn him back to the rest of the defense and let the other guys take their shots at him. I just had a vision. It's Jordan Fuller. Jordan Fuller is going to knock Lamar out. How about Rams that? don't win that game in, in 2021 without Jordan Fuller's interception there going into the half that helped turn the tide. Well, this is one of those games that, you know, we're talking about the playoff push. If you want to play in January, these are the types of moments you hope to earn. Here's one in December. That's uh-huh. a playoff caliber matchup. Let's see if the Rams are ready to level up. For national champion and Super Bowl champion DeMarco Farr and for hopefully state champion Uh coach Maurice Jones-Drew by the next time we see him, I'm J.B. Long. This has been Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers, Rams and Ravens, this weekend in Baltimore.